Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. I am Maria Casillas, joined by my lovely host <laughs> and gracious host. I had I had to call him lovely. He did it for me last time. <laughs> my gracious host, Cody Sizemore. Cody, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Maria. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you very much for asking. I'm excited Good. to talk to you today uh, about some stuff that came from a listener of ours. But before we do that, I just want to remind all the other listeners that we love hearing from you. So obviously, if we're going to be talking about some of these conversations on the air, that means that we actually do appreciate hearing from you and having you help us let you get unstuck. Um, that is so fun for us to do to just kind of spend some time with you. And uh, so if you have a question that you want answered or you have something that has gotten you stuck, feel free to reach out to us at support at podcast.com. No, it's not that at all. Forget I said anything about that email. I think it's podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, so just the second one, go with that one and uh, send that email to us or reach out to us in our group. We would absolutely love to help you there as well. Cause then you'll have the benefit of more than just the mind of myself and Cody. Okay. So let's talk today about this. It's not a question so much as it is a scenario. Um, one of our listeners reached out and said, you know what? Hey, I'm having trouble with some some clients of mine who aren't really motivated to to do the things, to do all the things that they need to do. I'm having trouble getting them to like just go from where they are to actually wanting to make some changes. And so uh, somebody else had recommended that she look into motivational interviewing and stages of change. And I'm like, yes, all of those things. So I'm so excited to see other people in the financial coaches industry starting to talk about this stuff, because as I've said before, I believe it is so, so important. Um, so I offered to just kind of have a chat with her a couple of weeks ago, and, and we did. And this is the result of that discussion. So, Cody, I want to just kind of get an idea from you. When you have somebody come to you and be like, I'm really having trouble getting clients to, to just want to do something, to get motivated, what is, what's your initial reaction to that? Um, I, would, I would probably ask them... Uh, well, a few things, you know, first of all, I was like motivated to do what in mm-hmm. the first place. Okay. Um, Good question. And then, you know, I would, I would probably ask them like, what do you think is standing in their way? Mm-hmm. And also I would ask them, um, I'd also ask them, uh, you know, what do you think uh, you could be doing differently to help them get there? Okay. There's one question that you didn't ask that I'd also be curious about, although you hit three out of the four that I'd be curious about. Um, the other one is how did they come into your world in the first place? Mm, yeah, it's a really good one. And the yeah. reason for that one, I mean, it's probably obvious, but it's like if somebody comes to you, then there must have been some motivation for something. And so if we can kind of tap into that, or at least have an understanding of that, it might allow us to be able to move forward. So, uh, so that is one that I would add in there. 
I really like the other ones that you brought to the table, though. Uh, out of those three, what one do you think, which one do you think is the most vulnerable one for any of our listeners today? What do you think that you could be doing differently? Oh, <laughs> and why do you think that's a vulnerable question? Because it has to do with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're so. taking ownership of it because like, you know, the question in itself is like, you know, how do I, how do I get these clients to get motivated to do something? You know, you're, you're unintentionally placing blame on them. Mm. But if you ask the question, what could I be doing differently to help mm. them? Then you're taking ownership of it. Uh, and you know, it's very easy to pass the, pass the buck, mm-hmm. you know, no, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just saying. I love that you bring up these dad jokes every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, <laughs> you know, professional dad over here, so I have to. Okay, so passing the book, <laughs> pun obviously intended, um, <laughs> can be a little bit easier and less vulnerable because then we don't have to really turn the mirror on ourselves and figure out what it is that we could do a little bit differently. I think I think the other piece of that is... Um, how do we measure their motivation? I'm not sure if we brought that up in the four questions yet or not, but that would be one that I would add in there. Or maybe I just said it a little bit differently. Did you bring that up already? Mm -mm. No, no, that's a really good point. Uh, And so how do you typically measure somebody's motivation just as a coach? Um, I'll tell you my, my gut reaction. Yeah, please. Uh, which, is, which is probably the wrong way to do it. Uh, <laughs> but measuring their motivation based off of mine. Oh, I did not see that coming out of left field. Mm-hmm. That's really, really kind of cool. Uh, so measuring your their motivation based off of your motivation. Now, when you say that, do you mean like how excited do you get to jump on a call with them? Or explain a little bit more. I think a little bit of both. Um, you know, I think my motivation for them, uh, you know, to help them grow and, and to, you know, work through these processes, but also my motivation with my own personal goals and how I would handle things uh, in oh, my own life as well. Got it. Interesting. Okay. So I, well, I'm glad I asked for clarification because I missed the mark 100% on that one. So, when you say that you measure their motivation, it's it's really what you're saying is you compare what they're doing to what you would do in their situation or, um, mm-hmm. right? Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. All right. So that is totally different than what I thought. Um, both of those are kind of cool though. I mean, if, if you were saying what I thought you were saying, that is kind of a neat thing too. Like how excited I am, am I to be on this phone call with this person or working with this person, I'm going to go there for just a second because I think, I think that there probably is something to that. You know, you get a certain energy when you're working with certain people. We've talked on the show before about how not everybody is the good, a good client for you. You know, it's not always a good fit. If your values don't align, it might not be a good fit. If their motivation is not high enough, it might not be a good fit. If they can't afford your services, it might not be a good fit. Like there's all reasons, all sorts of reasons why it might not be a good fit. And we've talked before about how important it is to determine that ahead of time, because if you don't have a good fit, it can be very emotionally draining, 
right? Mm -hmm. So I thought that's where you were going with that. Because if you have someone who's like constantly pushing back or constantly like, oh, I don't want to show up today, it can be very emotionally draining. Sidebar, I have a teenage daughter who does that. Oh my gosh, it drives me insane. Like she'll wake up in the morning, like everything will be all just like hum doom and gloom. And I'm like, come on, kid. Like you're gonna have a horrible day if you can't pick it up a little bit, you know? <laughs> um, so <laughs> so I know like if you have clients that are like that, you probably are dreading picking up the phone or hopping on Zoom, you know. But the ones who are seemingly motivated, you get off the off the session and you're like, this is fantastic. And all of a sudden you have a, a sense of oomph, you know, in your step. So I thought that's where you're going. Since it's not, I love that you are being vulnerable and honest enough to say that you are kind of comparing what you would do in the situation versus what they would do. Because I think that this particular listener was probably doing something very similar to that. Mm-hmm. You qualified that by saying it's probably the wrong way. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> Uh, because, you know, when we're helping these clients, it's not our life. It's not, mm. you know, we're, we're different people. And, you know, we can't just expect everyone to do the things the way that we would do or think the way that we would think. Um, and we and not only should we not expect it, but I don't think that, you know, they should think the same way or, you know, do things the same way, you know there's a possibility that someone's just like you and that that's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, like we're all different in some ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think that it's necessarily our job to turn them into like Mm minis, you know, um, to get $1 million, (laughs) you know, like that's not the whole, (laughs) that's not the whole goal. Uh, if you don't watch us it. on YouTube, now you're going right. to have to start. <laughs> <laughs> but the goal is to empower them to get that $1 million, not not to turn them into mini-me's. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, something else that came up with this individual was the idea that I, I asked her, uh, and she'll know who she is when she hears this episode, but I asked her, I said, what about when I asked her how she measures her responses are like along the results, if they're getting results, it's because that there's, they have that motivation. And that was, that was a, a telling statement. I just, I said, okay, so it would make sense that you're excited about getting those results. But if I may, that might be kind of a self-serving approach to that. You know, we're excited about the results. Uh, And I said, we love getting results for people. I think we mentioned this last week, even where, you know, we were talking about results in general. Um, But yeah, I think what I explained to her was if we are taking credit for the results, then we also need to assume responsibility for the poor choices that they make. Mm -hmm. And none of us wants to do that. So we can't have our cake and eat it too in that sense. We have to really realize that their decisions are their decisions. Their choices are their choices. And therefore, their results slash consequences are their results or consequences, not ours. Okay. So how on earth, if if we have somebody who is at least a little motivated to come to us because they came to us, but we can't get them to move. What are some things that we can do? Like how, how do we help 
move that. I know we've touched on this before in this podcast, but we're constantly learning. So it's okay to rehash some of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, one of the best things that you can do is to try and get to the bottom of things um, and try and un- try and understand them mm-hmm. on a deeper level. But not only that, have them understand themselves on a deeper level too. Mm-hmm. I love where you're going with that. Keep going. Yeah. So, you know, the way that I would say that you accomplish that is to just start asking questions. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Question after question after question mm-hmm. until you actually find something. Okay. Those can, that can be very vulnerable for us. Very uncomfortable as coaches. <laughs> Why? Why is that so stinking uncomfortable sometimes? Like you we're don't not know even the ones happen. having it. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. I, I think it's fascinating that you brought up questions because I actually challenged this coach to just take, you know, two minutes or five minutes, like kind of almost time herself. But I, I was careful. I'll tell you why I was careful in just a second. But the original challenge was time yourself and only ask questions. Like don't allow yourself to insert statements. Um, that, and so we practiced a little bit and it was, it was very interesting. Um, it's a, it's a difficult exercise to do for sure. I think we lasted a minute and a half. (laughs) I don't think we got the full two to three minutes in there, Uh, but that's okay. There was this sense of, but I really want to be able to say something. So I said, okay, lest you get so wrapped up in, I can only ask questions. I can only ask questions. You know how we talk sometimes, Cody, about how difficult it is to listen, to understand versus listening to under respond, right? Yeah, And I said, I don't want you to be stuck not really paying attention to their answers <laughs> because you're trying to think of the next question. So I, I wanted her to be careful about that. Uh, however, if you need to make a statement, here's my qualifier, ask questions. But if you need to make a statement, make it a reflective statement. Reflect back to them what they have already told you. Understand that you're you're just checking in to see if you understood it correctly from them, you know, ask, say, maybe even give them different words. We talked last episode about how sometimes we need to use their vocabulary. And sometimes we introduce vocabulary that's foreign to them, but we don't check in to make sure that that's right. So if you want to assign an emotion to something that happened, go ahead and do that. Give them the word for that, but then also check in and make sure that that word is is accurate for them. Uh, So I agree. Asking questions and then reflective statements is one really important way to figure out, like, how do we move them from one place to the next, for sure. Mm-hmm. What about resistance? That's going to come into play. Like, when, when somebody, like, says, no, I don't want to do this, what is a good tip for dealing with that? Um, ask the question, how come? Oh, okay. And you're saying that because you know, I've said, don't ask the question why. <laughs> I, yes. Um, so how come? Yeah. That's a, it's a better way of saying how come. I mean, or you so, can even saying just why. say a statement, which is just, okay. Tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me more is a really powerful phrase, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. 
Yes, it is. I agree. Yeah. So you wouldn't suggest like tell him this is how it's this is what this is what works. <laughs> you wouldn't suggest that? not not necessarily because if someone says I don't want to do that and then you say well too bad mm-hmm. then you know who's actually in control of their money? It's right. not you, the coach. It's it's them. It's their money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know they're the boss at the end of the day. You know, mm-hmm. You're you're there to help guide them. But they are the boss because yeah. um, it's their money. And, you know, if you were to tell them, like, well, you can't do that, then that might actually make them want to do it more. Yeah. That's how it works with my teenagers, for sure. <laughs> yeah. In, in fact, I'm going to take a quick, I'm going to take a quick side, uh, uh, quick, like, side note, if that's yep. okay with you. Of course. So the only reason I'm doing this is because I had a, I had a meeting with this, with a client yesterday mm-hmm. and, um, we were talking about, uh, you know, the, his relationship with money. And he said that one of the biggest things that he struggles with, um, is emotional spending, but he, and I asked him like what he meant by that or, and, and he said, well, I ha- I guess it's more so of like rebellious spending. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? And he's like, well, when someone says that I can't do something or that I shouldn't do something, then it makes me want to do it more. And I was like, hmm, okay, tell me more, (laughs) right? So then we started digging and we found out that um, a lot of that stems from his relationship with his father. Uh, You know, growing up, like he was always told like, you know, you can't do this or you can't have that um, or, you know, his his interests didn't necessarily align with how his father wanted him to turn out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he his father was, like, saying things like, that's kind of weird. Why are you like this? Like, all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, we talked more about things. And, you know, he had a fire that burned down his, burned down his house. And his dad made, you know, he was, like, essentially day trading and like would brag about being $10,000 up one day. And then by the end of the day, he'd be $500 down and like, you know, all these different types of things. And, um, after he explained everything, I said, I said, so what do you feel like you didn't have when you were growing up? And he said, well, I I felt like I didn't have a choice in a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? And he said, I feel like I didn't have control over my life and what I wanted. And I said, okay, so why are you, why do you feel like you have those rebellious tendencies? And he said, well, because I want to be in control. I want to call the shots for the first time in my life. And I said, okay. And by you wanting that control and acting in those rebellious tendencies and emotionally spending your money, what does it actually give you? How does it actually make you feel? And he said, well, I feel out of control with my spending and I put myself in this situation that I feel like is going to take forever to get out of. And I said, okay, so you feel out of control out of your desire to be in control. So how can we get you in control? And he says, well, I I have to 
I have to let go of all of the experiences I had growing up. And I have to just make peace with it so that I can take control of my emotions and then take control of my life. I said, bingo. Coach Sizemore. I do believe that. And that's the power of asking questions. (laughs) I do believe that you just gave a pretty similar example to what we went through in the ABCDE example. And I only remember that because I listened to it recently. <laughs> uh, and I don't always listen to us, but I was very curious to hear how that one went again, because you said we should listen to it over and over as coaches. So I did. <laughs> I listened to what you said. I love that example. I think that you did a fantastic job helping him realize that you helped him. You develop discrepancy for him between like where he is now, where he wants to go. You helped him see some activating events. You helped him see what the belief was that he had. You helped to dispute that belief and give him a more effective one. I mean, dude, ABCDE, you did it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how did he feel about that session? There were tears. There were tears, um, but they were like good tears, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and you know what? What I think what I think is really cool is that by me not just stepping in and giving him this advice of like, well, here's how you stop spending money, right? And I and I allowed him to figure things out on his own by simply me just asking him questions. I didn't tell him anything. I just mm-hmm. asked him questions mm-hmm. based off of what he was telling me. Mm-hmm. He came to the, he came to the, uh, the solution himself. And because of that, he actually felt more empowered and it affected him more. Mm-hmm. And I think that the ability for him to change just went that much higher. Yeah. You know, I don't know anyone who hasn't had like a, a realization cry and hasn't changed in some way. Yeah. Yep. And honestly with him, because of the backstory, you needed to let him have control of that. There, like, even if you had, even if you had tried going the, the old way, right. Where you just say, Oh, this is what you got to do. And this is what's going to work. He would have absolutely rebelled against it anyway, because of the backstory. And if you hadn't taken the time to learn that backstory, you probably wouldn't have even realized that that's exactly what he was doing was rebelling and why he was rebelling and, and all of that. And it would have probably caused a whole, at least couple months of frustration for you. And you wouldn't have thought he was motivated, but he was very much motivated. He was very much motivated to do it the exact opposite of way of whatever you told him to do. Like he's truly motivated, but the results were not measured that way. They didn't look that way. So now you have a completely different vocabulary to use with him. You understand what motivates him. You understand where he'll get stuck and what he'll probably do. Now, you, what do you think he'll do when he gets stuck? What was that? I'm sorry. What do you think he'll do when he gets stuck? Because he will get stuck. I mean, sustainable change is hard. So mm-hmm. there will be, there will come a time when, he does some of that emotional spending, some of that rebellious spending. What do you think he is inclined to do with you when that happens? Uh, I, I feel like he would be 
much more inclined to be open and honest about what happened and, you know, just talk through it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, you know, by, by asking him questions and allowing him to come to his own outcome versus me telling him what to do, uh, it'll, it creates a space for him to feel comfortable, Mm -hmm. you know, to have Mm -hmm. like permission to actually express himself Yeah, I do agree that you open the door for him to be more comfortable coming to you, for him to allow himself to be vulnerable around you. Um, I might guess, though, that because he likes being in control, because he feels like he never had that, and now he kind of has that sense of control, I wonder when something goes wrong if he's going to internalize that as um, him having lost control of that. And then almost pull away from you. And I only say not because of anything that you did, but because of his backstory. So just be aware of that. So if he does pull away, like if, if you know, he goes, I know we've talked about one of your clients before. I know this is not the same one, but there was one where um, they were doing like really, really well. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they just kind of dropped off, if I remember correctly. Um, mm-hmm. He might do something like that. That's when you want to make sure you don't assume that the motivation is gone but rather reach out and see like what happened because chances are he just felt like he lost control. You can use that language with him because he's already given you permission to use that language. And how do you regain control of the situation that you're in? Uh, So I just, I wanted to bring that up in case it happens, you know, two months, three months, even a year and a half down the line, you did a great job of allowing him to be more vulnerable with you, but that doesn't erase the entire history. So don't be surprised if that history pops back up. Right. Yeah, it's a really good point. Thank you for sharing that. And you did not go off the rails at all. I think that was actually very much in alignment with what we're talking about today. It's just another example of how if we are able to just kind of put our ego down for a few minutes and recognize that we we are a tool, an instrument to be used for the betterment of our clients. We are not the people with all of the answers. I say it often and I'll say it again today. I've known you, not you, Cody, but the person I'm talking to for 45 minutes, two weeks, three months, whatever the time frame is, you've known you your whole life. For me to think that I know all of the answers would be insane. Right. So don't feel the need to know the answers. I think that's something else that we have talked about before where it's like sometimes we get all up in our heads because we think, well, we need to have the answers for these people. No, we don't. They have their answers. We just need to be good listeners. Yep. Yeah. And that, and that's the key, you know, I, I really do feel like it, to help people get motivated or to, you know, rein back that motivation that they once had no amount of you need to do this is actually going to motivate them. You know, maybe a little bit, but to really get through to them, you need to help them come to it themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that the best way to do that is through, you know, asking those questions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which, I which, think- which it is, it is hard. You know, you it said is. earlier, it, it's, it's hard because, you know, you could try and open up this conversation and start asking these questions and you might not get anywhere. Mm-hmm. You, know, you might not get like that 
that realization moment. You might not get those tears. You might not get that burst of motivation. Mm-hmm. But maybe you got closer. Yep, you moved the needle. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing too, I mentioned this to her. I'll bring it up here just because it's important to keep, you know, tying things back to stuff we've talked about in the past. What I mentioned to her was, you know, I said, which ones do you enjoy working with the most? And she said, well, of course, the ones who are motivated, the ones who are wanting to take action. And so we revisited some of the stages of change and talked about how you know, the person who came to her, because they came to her, so somehow they came into her world, they asked for help. I said, that person who you think is not motivated very well could just be in contemplation. Like you said something that spurred some thought for them. It, it kind of created some curiosity in their world. And they're like, you know, I've kind of been thinking about doing this and I'm going to reach out to this person. And I said, your job at that point is not to engage in the same type of coaching relationship that you would engage in with somebody who's in action in that stage, action stage. So I think there was this realization of just because they come into our world doesn't mean that they're all ready to just hit the ground running. And if we treat every single client like they're equally motivated or in it's the same stage of change, then it's not going to work. So either we need to do a better job of weeding out the people who are not in action because that's our comfort zone and that's where we need to stay, or we need to do a better job of just identifying where they are so that we know how to tweak our approach to them to fit their stage. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of tools and, and techniques and stuff that we can do. And maybe we'll talk about those on another episode. Um, the ones that I know we've talked about before, but we maybe we can unpack them a little bit and, and maybe use some, um, I'm thinking out loud here on purpose because it'll hold us accountable, Cody. And maybe as you're working with clients, you can think of different scenarios where these things are coming up. The ones I'm thinking about are expressing empathy developing discrepancy, supporting self-efficacy, and then just using change talk in general. If you, if we have some case studies that we can bring to the table, or if you guys who are listening have some that you're like, oh, expressing empathy. I had this client who I could really have used help doing that with this. Please. I think that would be a really great series to just talk about and, you know, just pick on each one for an episode. What do you think about that, Cody? I think it's a great idea. Okay, cool. Well, we'll have to work on that. You know, just like I said, start taking notes from people that you are working with and things that might fall into that, those different categories. And we'll try some um, like little case studies because I think that would be really helpful to our listeners. Yeah. In the interest of time, I'm going to go ahead and close up for today. You guys, I re- unless Cody, you have anything to add to that? Uh, no, no. Okay. I think that, you know, I think that this, this in particular coach, uh, you know, if you're listening today and you're like, they're talking about me, um, <laughs> just, know. just know, just know this, that you're doing a really good job. Yes. Um, and you know, you, you're obviously, so you're working with these people, you're getting them results, you're doing a good job. Um, and you're closer than you think, you know, uh, fine tuning your, your coaching skills. Um, it takes time. It's not something that you can just expect to be perfect at right off the rip. You know, it takes months, if not years to get really good at certain things. Um, cause there's a lot of different elements that go into coaching. Yes. And, uh, you know, just, just know that you're doing good and you're, you, you yourself are motivated to continue to grow. And that's why I know that you're going to do well. 
with this. Um, so just keep trying, keep moving along, keep testing things out, see what works, see what doesn't, uh, and don't be afraid to get uncomfortable. Um, because you know, comfort is the, is the killer of, of growth yeah. in my opinion. So don't be afraid to get uncomfortable and, uh, just keep going and keep so reaching that's out. That's the only thing I wanted to add. You know, I mean, that's, that's super important. Just keep reaching out, not only to us, but to other community around. And it, it's just, it really is helpful to get all sorts of feedback, but don't get so stuck in, I have to do it right, that you're not willing to do it imperfectly. That's going to be more right. important for your clients than anything. So thank you for closing that up, Cody. I really appreciate that. And I know she does as well. Uh, you guys, thank mm -hmm. as always for listening. We look forward to seeing you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.